Welcome back to the Colin and Samir podcast. If you're new here, let me catch you up to speed. I'm Samir, and I host this podcast alongside my business partner, Colin, hence the name, the Colin and Samir podcast. Colin and I have been making movies together since we met seven years ago. We started and sold a creative business together called The Lacrosse Network, and ever since then, we've been trying to find our path as creative entrepreneurs. We make YouTube videos and documentaries and really just try our best to tell stories using the mediums that are available to us today. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of trying to make a career out of creativity and storytelling. On this week's episode, we talk about a big first for us. We made a documentary for television. Specifically, it was for NBC Sports. We talk about how we got there and the lessons we've learned from what turned out to be the toughest creative project of our lives. All right, without further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. Man, it's been a while. Actually, specifically, it's almost been two months since we recorded a podcast. That went by really fast. It did go by really fast, but we've been talking a lot about coming back. We've been excited to get back on the sticks. Our last podcast was called See You in June. It's barely June. It's July 1st. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I need to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> so we are back and man, a lot has changed. Um, like I went back and actually listened to our last two podcasts before we did this because I wanted to hear about what was going on. Uh, and it was really interesting to have like this log of what life was like only two months ago. And it just goes to show how fast things have changed. We got a lot of really nice messages. We've been getting DMs from all of you guys. Um, been getting a lot of tweets saying, where's the podcast? When's it coming back? Here Super it nice to be missed. Oh, it's Because if you're not, it's just like, you know, you don't even know who's out there. So it's great. Thank you for uh, sort of keeping us accountable and asking where we are. It's It's been really uh, an interesting thing to step away. And, and it, for those of you who don't know, we actually stopped creating YouTube videos and podcasts to focus on making our first television documentary. Yep, we made a 22-minute special for NBC Sports about the Premier Lacrosse League training camp. So while we were gone, or right when we announced our break, we got a lot of messages. And I I went back to listen to voice messages on Anchor, and we just had some some people whose names just show up all the time and are just so supportive of everything we do. And I just wanted to play this from Tucker Pierce. I listened to this this morning and thought it was awesome. A break? Guys, what are you talking about, a break? No, just uh, just kidding. It's awesome uh, that you guys are getting to do a documentary, uh, a second documentary, something you're obviously uh, so passionate about. Uh, I, I can't imagine what a, what a thrill that'll be, and, and looking forward to uh, watching you guys uh, you know, document the process or talk about the process. And uh, it's just exciting, uh, exciting to watch you guys grow. Uh, thanks for sharing all the videos and podcasts that you do with the rest of us. It's, uh, it's fun following along. Thanks from uh, Tucker in Minnesota. And here we are telling you about the process. Thanks, Tucker. You're, you're such a supportive uh, fan of the show. And, and, and for everyone else in this break who's reached out to us. Um, so on this episode, we are going to talk about the process of, of making that doc. I think it was one of the more life-changing experiences I've had. Uh, and, and something that has brought a lot has shed a lot of light onto the career path uh, and, and just how things are going. So I'm really excited to actually get to talk about this. Where do we start? And we probably start with the coffees. You walked in and told me that the people at the coffee shop didn't think my order was cool. 
Yeah, so we have a situation now where I pick up coffee for Samir and I uh, whenever we get it. And they actually don't really know me at the coffee shop, but they know me through what Samir orders. Right. So when I show up, they basically have Samir's drink ready for me, which I don't know how that makes me feel. I want to be like the local who, when I walk in the door, they're like, here's the usual. But instead, they're like, hey, man, here's the usual for your friend. We know that you pick up his drinks. (laughs) By the way, we've talked about this for years, but one of the dreams is to have a usual. Like, I love having a usual. I love walking into anywhere and being like, yo. And you have it, but like through me. But I have it through you, yeah, which is great. No, that's terrible. (laughs) You have to delegate your usuals. (laughs) No, actually, the fun experience is... Samir's like the star of this town. (laughs) (laughs) The fun is to walk in and like have have the interaction and have them... But I've put a lot of work into that. Now, okay, I order some strange things at coffee shops. I just, I'm very particular. And especially, it, it dictates how my day is going to go. So here's what happens every day. I walk in, I ask for an iced Americano. Yep. And then I ask, I ask for an iced long black mm. for Samir. And those are basically the same drink. No, they're drastic. Samir just has slightly less water. Mm. And then once I get the drinks, I have to ask for the oat milk after the fact. Mm-hmm. To put a little bit of oat milk in. Mm-hmm. And now, basically, when I walk in, they know the whole deal. But there's this whole strategy behind getting the espresso, putting the ice, and then asking for the oat milk because let, it's like $2 less. Exactly. Yeah, than a lot. It's basically a latte. An, uh, an iced latte. <laughs> but here's the problem. By now the way, I'm the thought- face of, of like, the team that is like swindling this, this shop that we love so much and trying to like pull a fast one. Wait a second. They pull out the oat milk before you even ask. Yeah, I know, but so I, don't think, I don't they're, think they're, they're happy about they're it. They're all in on it. Okay. So. First of all, you thought you were turning this on to listen about our experience making a TV show. You're just here to listen about yeah, our coffee. Bait and switch. We're going to get there, but this is important. An iced latte is $5. True. An iced long black, which is espresso with a little bit of water, the, the bare bones of an iced latte, three fifty. Mm. Now, when you order that, they'll hand you the oat milk for free. I'm not going to say you haven't you, found you, a loophole. You pour it. Now, I'm talking about saving $1.50 every single day. I think you are right. You're right, but something feels wrong about it. It adds up. Dollar fifty every day. Adds up. It's basically a dollar fifty less to pour your own milk. Exactly. Instead of have them pour exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's a significant. Okay. All right. So <laughs> uh, now let's so go clearly back. Clearly a time. lot's going on. <laughs> yeah, so, so clearly we have we have a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. So let's go back in time. How did this project come about. I actually want to take this back. If you're a fan of the YouTube channel, if you go back about a year, maybe more, maybe more, you'll, you'll see Colin and I on the channel stating our intention that we want to make a documentary. On our way to South by Southwest mm-hmm. uh, Music Festival, right? Oh yeah, so that is, yeah. well, that's over a year ago. It's yeah. over a year ago. Yeah. yeah. So we state the fact that we want to make a documentary and at that time, you know, that, that I guess consciously and kind of just subconsciously was our was our intention and, and was a big goal of ours. Actually, that's the title of the video, a goal of ours. Yes. So from that point on, we had a lot of interesting things happen. We had some people reach out to us, uh, specifically the, the WWE reach out to us. About that was incredible. Which was amazing uh, and very interesting. Just we almost went to mm-hmm. Florida, Florida to, to work yeah. with WWE uh, rookies, mm-hmm. I think, on making a documentary. Mm-hmm. That would have been fascinating. Would have been really cool. It uh, just didn't work out, but did, did that um, got connected with a good friend of ours and, and something that we talked about on this podcast, got to go pitch um, Scooter Braun on a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that process, actually got to make our first feature documentary with Yes Theory, uh, which was earlier this year. Because they were aware as well that this was mm-hmm. now... 
a goal of ours. Exactly. And then after we did that, we invited one of our best friends who's also been on this podcast, Paul Rabel, um, to the screening of that that movie. He saw it and and was very excited. And then we all had coffee and he was like, I, you know, I know you guys are on this path to making a documentary. Why don't you make a documentary about the league I've just started, the Premier Lacrosse League, and we can air it on NBC. And that's how this all came together. And at the time, it sounded really exciting. Yeah. And so just to kind of touch on some of that, I, I truly believe in stating your intention, living your intention, and uh, really holding on to one focus things just kind of started to line up for us without us knowing. Like once we stated it and kept that in our minds and talked about it every day, just kind of started to happen. And it reminds me of when we earlier last year went on this path of being like, we want to be YouTube creators. Things just started to happen because every day we were living that intention. You know, whether it was going on that, like somehow finding our way into Beam's office and, and working with Jack yeah. Coyne and going on a road trip with him and becoming friends with him or um, making a video about Will Smith and, and getting to end up working with Will Smith. Yeah. Like there was this very strange thing that's happened multiple times to us that we've been talking about where when we shift our focus and, and live through this this intention, things start to fall into place almost without you knowing how it's happening. I was thinking about it a lot actually the past couple of days because it's not like you can just state any intention and it's going to happen. I'm not going to say that I'm going to sell out an arena singing as an intention. I may want to, but I'm not prepared to fulfill that intention. And when I look back at the, you know, I want to be a YouTube creator, we want to be documentary filmmakers, we had five to six years of preparation to state that exact intention, right? Mm-hmm. So we felt comfortable. Like that was an intention that's, that that's a good maybe scared us a little bit. But we were at a place where we felt confident to even put it out in the universe. And I thought about that. I was like, that's an important distinction about stating an intention. That is a very important distinction. You have to be ready and willing to back it up, you know? Yes. But I think, you know, what what Amar is doing and what the Yes Theory guys are doing with 100 Days of Sweat, it's a really good way to jumpstart something like that. If you you have it in you and you say, I I just want to live a healthier life lifestyle or I've, I've been in you know, I want to get in shape it's a great way to just be like okay I'm going to do it with a community and and hold that intention that like every day I have to check off this box that I did it um, and there's an this interesting thing. thing where you state an intention the people who care about you will hold you accountable mm-hmm. right that's kind of what mm-hmm. 100 days of sweat is it's, you know working out every day posting a video every day that you're doing it and friends of yours people who follow you want to hold you accountable and I think for us stating that we wanted to make a documentary, look at the people who reached out to us. It was like, yes, Theory, Paul Rabel. These are close friends of ours that wanted to hold us accountable or wanted to help us. Exactly, yeah. Or, or, or just all of a sudden knew how to help us, right? Like they knew, oh, oh, if I have an opportunity to make a doc, that would be helpful to these guys. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so let's let's dive in now to making something for television. This is something that, I guess as a young filmmaker, you kind of dream about like it, it's the big leagues, right? Like working with a big time network, getting airtime on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to air your work. Yeah, it feels huge. I mean, we've been lucky to be on TV mm-hmm. a few times and that the response that we get from family and friends is huge because it just translates to, I mean, our parents at least because they're so used to TV. Yeah, TV you- holds this standard. For sure. I mean, even in the era we grew up in, TV was the gold standard. When mm-hmm. you grew up, like 
flip on the TV, that was crazy. Like if anyone was on TV, that was insane. Yeah. I mean, I remember we used to like VHS things. If, if my brother was in a Hanes commercial when we were kids and, uh, like we we put a VHS tape in and just watch it over and over. We couldn't believe. It. Yeah, it was, you can't like, believe it's on the. Screen. It was like a, for a split second, but it was like, whoa, that like he's on he's on the TV. That's crazy. Yeah. So this was our opportunity to do it. Now this was one of the most actually sorry the most challenging and overwhelming production um, and 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 story that we had to craft. And I want to say drastically different than the first experience with Yes Theory. So here's the difference. Um, the Yes Theory one, they went and shot, and there was kind of this crazy story that had happened and we were there to help craft the footage into that story into the best representation of the story that they lived now our task here to bring you up to speed on this premier lacrosse league is a brand new professional sports league that is kind of breaking the mold of what pro sports is it's taking a um a league and putting it on tour there's 120 different players that we were trying to spotlight six new teams everything is brand new about this it's a new model it's new teams it's, it's uh, started by paul rabel yeah, players uh, started by a player um so it's it's all new part of the task for us was to actually capture that and tell that story and then find new stories about players to tell all over the course of a training camp which was um seven days in Bradenton, Florida. So basically it looked like we're going to film for seven days, capture the entire training camp. Then we're going to have roughly seven to eight days to edit and deliver, or at least seven to eight days until the final episode actually airs on NBC. So one of the most challenging things was um, just not knowing what to expect. What we talk about a lot, and I make a lot of sports references, but when you do production or any big project like this, you try and play as much defense and uh, before you arrive as possible. So we try to figure out what the storylines were. You try and make sure your production is all set up. Um, and that looks like, you know, calling players, calling coaches, running them through a whole bunch of pre-interviews to really understand as much as you can about the characters and the, and the human stories that are going to be unfolding when you're on the ground. So what's at stake for specific players, what they've been through, so that you can craft the story and make people care about a character before you even see them step on the field. So we tried to do as much of that as possible, and um, we had an amazing crew come with us, which somehow came together. Actually, a lot of them through building a community online. Like our, our, our editor who worked with us on the project reached out to us from watching the Jack Coin Chronicles. He had submitted to our Weekend Film Fest yeah, a couple times. Yeah, he submitted to our Weekend Film Fest, so he actually came onto the project, and two of the other guys... Um, had watched us on the lacrosse network uh, for years yeah and we had never met them our camera ops so so they came on board and and thank god for how incredibly dedicated they they all were to this craft because once we landed we recognized it was going to be completely different than what we anticipated and the story was going to unfold every day by us just filming all day like we we just had to because we didn't know exactly what the story was we were chasing stories day to day. So these are very long, lengthy days. This is um, wake up at, at 6 a.m. to have you know breakfast and get out to the first practice by um, 8, stay up until 2 a.m. Uh, filming and logging footage, you know, sleeping for three to four hours and then back at it again um, every day for eight days, chasing different stories, trying to figure it out. And what that results in is having 80 hours of footage. Yeah, I mean, this was you know, two cameras, 
three fields with three different teams. They would practice, and then the next three teams would come out. Uh, you're also trying to cover lifestyle of guys at lunch and guys in the training room. There's so much happening over such a large area. And when you don't know exactly what the story is going to be, you're kind of just on the fly keeping your eyes open. Samir and I are there keeping our eyes open to trying to direct as best we can. So once we actually make it through that, I mean, we're kind of celebrating, hey, we made it through this production. Everything went well. We have all this amazing footage and we fly back to Los Angeles to begin the editing process. We have three days to turn around something for NBC to check out and to get our voiceover done. Well, I want to say something really quick about the footage that we got in Florida because I don't, you know, Hard Knocks is a show on HBO that brings you behind the scenes of the NFL. And it's always been kind of the gold standard for us for sports entertainment. And one of the coolest things about Hard Knocks is that they mic up tons of players and they capture these moments where you feel like the players have no idea they're even being filmed. And so they get these incredible verite moments. And I think that was our intention. That's what we wanted going into this training camp. But uh, thankfully, the, the guys that we brought and the gear that they brought allowed us to capture those types of moments, which was truly incredible. And I don't know if I fully knew they were going to come out of our cameras until we got down there and saw some of it where you know we had the right lenses so that we were 400 yards away, but we were zoomed in so much on a guy that was mic'd up that we're so far away, he doesn't even know that we're filming. So we captured some incredible moments, and it was the first time truly that I looked at footage that we captured and thought, oh, this is television. Mm-hmm. This is reality television. Mm-hmm. This is not like, you know, one of us with a camera just freehand in someone's face. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this is I mean, a, this, the, the picture just looks different. The things that we're capturing feel like you can't even tell there's a camera around. It was really cool. So I was really excited about what we got. And pretty confident coming out of Florida. So, uh, back in Los Angeles, we set up shop and start the post-production process. Now, this process is always hard. Anytime you do something like this, it's very challenging. And we had some experience from doing the Yes Theory documentary where it's like, hey, look, we're going to have really late nights for the next six nights, but it, you know, we're going to come out of this alive. It was, I can't even tell you how much more challenging this was than what I ever could have anticipated. Yeah, this really pushed my limits. And I think it's part of the reason that we disappeared for about the last month and a half, two months. Not even a question. Not even a question. It's completely Not even why. a question. It's completely why. I mean, there's footage. We the, the cool thing is we actually filmed a lot of this process and we have footage from this process. But there were moments in there where I was dead certain it was the last time I would do anything in filmmaking. Yeah. There are screen grabs from this footage of me or I don't even recognize myself. I look like I've been punched in the face. You know what? The challenging part was I wasn't anticipating when we eight days in Florida, we slept probably an average of three hours a night. Um, But we were outside all day. We were kind of active. Now you transition yourself into a room and you stay there for 16 to 18 hours a day just trying to like piece together this puzzle of how this story is going to work trying to make it really good trying to make it make sense and then trying to make it technically sound yeah. just with three guys is a very time intensive thing 
and you're just sitting all day. So like it's, yeah. it's and and the, and we had the name of the show of our program in the TV guide, like in the schedule, mm-hmm. and the guys from NBC are calling and just saying, "Hey, just want to really make sure we're going to have an episode, right?" And they couldn't, no, yeah, they couldn't believe that it was going to happen in this short of a time. And there's nothing you can say, but yeah, you'll have an episode. Yeah. Even if you're not sure, you just have to say yes. Like, yeah. Of course. Yeah. We're not going to say no. We've got four days. Um, th- weirdly, this was like, this was actually the first time that I was like scared of the lack of sleep that I was getting. Yeah, me too. And, and I knew that we still had three, four more days to go. And I felt so unhealthy from like how I was treating my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never, I, and I truly was scared. Yeah, I know I mean, that sounds ridiculous because no, it's editing. No, 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 I know. But I was like legit afraid of what I was doing to myself. I mean, it was really tough. It was uh, no sleep, no, no exercise. Um, no interaction with anyone. A lot of high, high stress. A lot of anxiety. Uh, and a lot of moving parts because we have uh, professional color correction now. Mm-hmm. We've got someone else doing audio mastering. We're recording voiceover with talent from NBC. We have so many moving parts to this piece that has to come together in a very short amount of time. And you're looking at, you know, Samir, myself, and Ryan, three editors, and you just realize, okay, this is who's going to make it happen. We're in this room. F- yeah. You know, it's going it to it's yeah. get done. So the night before it actually gets done, we just straight don't sleep. Mm. <laughs> go straight through uh not even a second of sleep just uh yeah I, I, colin was heading out on a trip so i dropped him off at the airport as we uploaded it to nbc <laughs> i had a 5 30 or 6 a.m board yeah, time and drove him right to the airport uh i came home and my fiance katie was already awake uh and it was seven in the morning and she was stressed because something happened with her car. So I started helping with that and went right back to the editing room right after. And I was scared for you actually. Yeah, I, I, I was I in Miami for right a friend's through. wedding and I couldn't, we'd stayed up all night after weeks of staying up super late. And I was really, again, afraid <laughs> of how I felt. And then I hear from Samir when I land in Florida that he didn't even have the opportunity to sleep for like yeah. three hours, even minimum when he got home at six right. thirty, he had to get straight into helping his fiance. Yeah. And I was like, Oof, man, like, are you, do you need to go to the hospital? Like- <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, so it's this funny thing of, you know, finally then the piece airs on NBC. I end up watching it with my family and uh, we get a lot of positive feedback on it. It was awesome. I think just like any other thing we've ever made, we watch it and say, oh my God, it could have been so much better. But we did it. And it was, it was incredible. Like to see something that we made on television was wild and looked like television. Yeah. That looked like television that was 22 minutes and 30 seconds with commercial breaks. We figured out how to lead in and lead out of commercial breaks. We had done something that we had never done before in the shortest time window. And, And it was incredible to know it was possible, but it was this strange feeling of this was the dream, right? But was it? And, and it was this strange, strange feeling coming out of it because I was so proud of the piece. I still am. I'm very proud to say we made something. I'm, I'm incredibly excited as I look back on the last year to say we made documentaries. We said we wanted to make documentaries and we made documentaries. But right afterwards, I think, again, the reason why we took a break is because it was this reevaluation period and still is of, is that the intention still? Are, 
like, is the goal still to be documentary filmmakers? Man, I had a lot of relief coming out of that experience and going to the wedding. I felt like a million bucks uh, at my friend's wedding because I just had all of this stress taken off of me of like, I will never do that again. And I don't mean that we won't do stuff like that, but the way that we did it, we won't do again. And we had to do it the way we did it to learn, right? Mm -hmm. But I think now going into another project, I'd get more people involved. I'd make sure we have more lead time. We would know more about all the different types of specifications we need for TV that are different from YouTube. So it would be easier, I think, to do it again because because of the way we, we would approach it. Right. But is it your dream to do it again or something like it? It's always my dream to tell stories on like really grand scales. I, I really love uh, connecting with the masses via storytelling. So I always want to do that, but I, I don't, I can't imagine sitting at a computer again in my life for, you know, eight days getting two hours of sleep a night. Yeah. I, I just can't. I, it it yeah. was almost, there were times when I thought I was going to like pass out or kind of go crazy. It's funny. Uh, so you sent me that moment video. So if you don't know, moment is a uh, cell phone camera company and there's two guys, Niles and Caleb who are amazing. They've also been on this podcast uh, and they recently made a YouTube video updating people because they haven't been on the channel in a while. And they talk about the filmmaking and they talk about the love hate relationship saying like when you're in it, it's insane because you're not like there's tons of sleepless nights. And they were talking about they drove through Iceland and then sleep multiple nights, just like finding different spots and shooting. But they look back on those times with really fond memories, uh, although that, you know, the times when you're in it are so tough. I find that to be very true because I, I do look back and think about even that time that was so hard and I recognize it was really challenging, but the bond that you, me and Ryan have coming out of that project and the bond that you, myself and, and the Yes Theory guys have about making Frozen Alive, it's something that I cherish so much that when you go through something like that with someone, you, you develop this relationship with them about conquering like this big mountain. Yeah. End of the day, no matter what you're doing, people are what make it worth it. Exactly. You know, you look, I completely think that that project was 100% worth it. Although I will never do anything like it again. Right. But being able to not only build the bond with our editor, um, with working with Ryan or our, our DPs, Luke and Arlen, um, but also being able to deliver a product to the lacrosse community and represent the lacrosse community on a, on a grand stage and work with people who we've dedicated a lot of our life's work to over the past six years was super important. Mm -hmm. and, and our friend Paul. like do, do I mean, doing, at the top yeah, of that, Paul. The top of that, do, working with and, and for Paul. So yeah, I, I guess the, the, the next thought is, you know, that intention was so strong last year. Like it was so top of my mind every morning when I woke up, like documentary, 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 and it materialized. And I think that's really incredible to reflect on that and to, to really recognize that doesn't always happen. But the fact that that materialized is amazing. Um, the fact that trying to become YouTube creators materialized is amazing, right? Like that we, we, we successfully grew an audience on YouTube. That, that's incredible. Like that, that's so amazing. And now... Today, 
my question for you is what is the intention? Is it one of those for you personally, a mix of those, or where do those lie on the uh, ranking scale of intentions when you wake up? In Specifically the YouTube creation and documentary? Documentary, yeah. Right now, YouTube creation is higher on my intention list lately. It's like every day I think about it in the morning. And maybe that's because we've been off for it's just the reaction to coming mm -hmm. out of a couple documentary projects. But I'm not actively thinking about the next documentary I'm going to make. Yeah. Me as well. Even though there's one sitting in front of us like as an opportunity, it's tougher to envision it. Yeah. Um, like I, I think this experience has made me recognize that I'm in love with the craft of the mod, like the new wave of storytelling, the YouTube, the podcast, Instagram, and trying to, you know, sink back into that and, and figure out how to comfortably tell stories there on a more frequent basis is definitely something that I've recognized is, is very interesting to me. And if that eventually leads to another long form piece, exciting, but like that, I, I agree with you. That's like, been very top of mind especially stepping away we haven't made a youtube video in two months yeah stepping away has been in incredibly eye-opening here's what i'll say there's there's things that i really like about documentary filmmaking that we are not always able to accomplish on the youtube side and that's capturing moments uh not set up shots mm -hmm. i always say like it's super important when you're documentary filmmaking to capture moments not shots and moments are those things that they only happen once they're never going to happen again you can't recreate them and when you look at them later that night in your footage, you can't believe that you had a camera rolling. And that's what I love about documentary filmmaking because you're just sitting on footage in the edit and you can't wait to put it out because you're like, I can't believe I captured this. People are going to be blown away. And that's honestly what really, really good YouTubers do all the time as well. Mm -hmm. They set themselves up for drama, for conflict, and for the unknown to take place as they're filming. So they know they're going to capture these bits. Like you look at Yes Theory, they don't, they can't plan what's going to happen. They just set themselves up right. for an experience that should be interesting and entertaining. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really like about documentary filmmaking that hasn't, it's not always as easy to do on YouTube because it, for us, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Now outside of the intention of YouTube creation, I also think that over the past two months, both you and I have had more of an intention of focusing on our business and treating this as a business. And again, that is another thing that has materialized. And that's... And it's that, starting to materialize more when you just set your intention on it. And I think even looking back now at, at the intention of being a YouTube creator, back last year, it was just audience. It wasn't about turning it into a business. It was just audience. Yeah. And now I think we recognize it's important to, to be able to continue making YouTube videos. We have to... Find the, the right balance of all of this. Yeah. And I think right now, at least for me, when I wake up in the morning, a lot of my intention is business and, and how to ensure that we you know, are, are supporting a healthy business uh, in order to continue mm -hmm. creating. Because it's not, I don't want to be in a situation where I can't comfortably create. Yeah. And a year ago, we, we were kind of in a place where we had enough runway to just focus on audience mm -hmm. completely. For sure. But I think what happened is like time moves really fast as you run out of runway it, um, and you're not focusing on business. You don't want to be catching up really quick and making rash decisions for business, right? You want to like build intentionally uh, in a way that's very stable. 
And we definitely went through a period of the mindset, not even just being on business, but being on like, oh, the end of the business. Like this is like maybe potentially the end. Yeah. Cruising towards the end of like, this is just over. And that intention definitely, if you keep going on it, does is not productive. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so much of what we learned, at least what I learned through the NBC documentary, making making a uh, high stress, like in such a high stress situation is that I just don't want to set myself up to be in incredibly high anxiety, high stress situations like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, you take that and whether you're making a documentary or you're just, you know, trying to support a healthy business, like whatever it is, there's there's opportunities to get put into high stress, high anxiety provoking situations. And so I think like that situation is not good for creativity. It was hard to be creative in that situation, right? Wouldn't you agree? And at NBC or making the NBC doc hard to harder to be creative in that like high anxiety. Yeah. You need some of it to push you. Like you need the constraint, but like harder I think like as we looked back on it, it was like, oh, we could have done this, could have done that. Totally. Uh, you know, creatively. Yeah. The idea there was just it needs to be done. Yeah. So I, I guess this is like a long way of me saying that I think the break from YouTube has been really good and break from podcast has been really good because it's allowed us to reset our intention uh, and refocus and really come back at this again, recognizing that we have had this amazing thing happen to us where Every time we set a focus and intention, we're able to make it happen and it Mm. just happens. But now we have to be smart about the intention. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I think I've been happier over the last month and a half than I've been in a while. And so my thought is like, all right, I've been happier and I haven't been making YouTube videos, but I really want to make YouTube videos and I want to like create a, a business from YouTube. I want to be consistently doing it and like generating a community. There's so many cool things that come from it, but... Now I feel like I'm moving towards like a good place. I really want to make sure that however we move forward with it can keep me in a good place. Right. And you got to understand, of course, it's like everything goes up and down. Do you think that's because it's uh, less editing? Do you think editing completely as a, a correlation? Yeah. There? If I'm editing by myself, if I spend a day editing by myself, I'm sad. Like too much editing by myself and I'm or just working by myself. It's not good. Like the, I love the NBC project because we had people around us the whole time. Like that was really difficult editing, but to be there with you and Ryan was so much fun. Right. We were having a, we we're actually having a, a good time. And then we look at each other and be like, oh my God. Let's go on a side, let's go on a side tangent here. Um, the only way we could like, so, so think, think, you know, the universe for, uh, you know, us, us being able to. Uh, work out of the PLL office, which is incredible. So the Premier Lacrosse League has an office in Manhattan Beach. It's an amazing office. We got to set up shop in there. I mean, it was incredible, especially because there was a basketball hoop outside. And if you know us, <laughs> you know that we so, are basically like yeah. Kobe and Shaq, LeBron. Like, yeah. So <laughs> there was this is amazing. You think thing us? You think athletes? Like we would just be so. It, you couldn't believe that nine hours had passed and we hadn't stood up yet. So it'd be like, it'd be legitimately 2.30 in, in the, the morning, morning yeah. and we would come down through the lobby and they had this beautifully lit basketball court right outside the office. Any time of night. I mean, you and I, one time while we were exporting a cut, played basketball at five in the morning. Yeah. 
or or four thirty. And the security guard who was there, I think, was like, "You guys are crazy because you've been here for over a week and you continue to play basketball at around the hours of three thirty in the morning right. to four. Right. So every time we'd export, it'd be our opportunity to get up and play play ball. When we say play ball, we literally mean play with the ball because the ball wasn't going into the like hoop. dribbling with two hands yeah, yeah, and like, shooting off the wrong if foot. If you've seen The Office, uh, Stanley from The Office when he plays basketball, that's that that was me. Uh, that was all of us. But by the end, we were you know we were we were sinking. Um, is that the term? Mm-hmm. Draining. We were hooping. We were hooping. <laughs> yeah, we were hooping. So I, I guess back to that, like how how do you, how do we now? figure this out because there's like this storytelling desire right i think like all of this boils down to a desire to tell stories and for me create community creating community is the coolest thing that happens digitally mm-hmm. um is that you put stuff out and like even all the guys that worked on our nbc projects are from our online community are from our digital community so storytelling and, and creating community um but also balancing a, a a comfortable lifestyle of not um you know sitting inside all day and, and editing and also retaining the art of personal connection to the edit. Because obviously the answer there, if you take the first two, is like, oh yeah, just find find an editor or scale the editing. Mm-hmm. But there's also that personal touch and personal connection in post-production that's like, this is me telling you this story. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the thing I love so much about Casey Neistat and some of my favorite YouTubers are very personal telling us this story. Mm-hmm. So how does, how does that look moving forward? for the Colin and Samir brand. I know we've talked about different versions of it, but I just want to talk it out. Like, how do we do that? How do we, how do we achieve that? Like, I think that's been the challenge is this desire to tell stories, a desire to build online community, but additionally the desire to not sit inside and, and, you know, edit and the stuff that we do is like, we just pick a style that uh, doesn't warrant, two to three days of editing unless we're so passionate about it and we have the time that it's like it's worth it to kind of crush ourselves I guess for three days but if we can pick a style of format of video that keeps it fun is mainly just about you and I having a good time and filming it and is easy to edit yeah we we had a we had an experience we were having coffee uh, in Venice um, with this guy Ben Nempton who's awesome he's the creator of this uh, show called The Buried Life probably have him on the podcast soon but as we were ordering a coffee, this guy came up to me and was like, hey, man, I just want to tell you, I'm a big fan of The Breakdown. Yeah. And that was one of the most fascinating comments. I was like, really? And I was like, there's only like four or six episodes of that. And he was like, yeah, man. But it's like, it was one of the most unique things I had seen on the internet. And when I heard that, I was so like, I, I still on a, every other day, Colin and I reflect back on some <laughs> series or video we made and we're like, dude, that was the thing. Like, we're very nostalgic about yeah, everything. We're very nostalgic <laughs> about, about our, our own work. Own, about our own creation. <laughs> I'd say every other day, one of us watches some past video yeah. we've made and then we'll text each other being like, I think we should bring that back, man. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we should do that. That was, that was what's up. The breakdown is near and dear to my heart <laughs> because I loved that show and I loved hosting it and uh, I loved everything about it outside of what the implications were from post-production side. Cause even on that show, we had staff to help us edit, but it was still like the most time consuming, challenging, uh, you know, similar prop like concept as sitting in a room alone for multiple days, um, trying to get it yeah. cut. So there, there is that, that challenge of, you know, how do you balance all of this? 
Um, and I'm curious from the audience's perspective, like if you've made it this far in the podcast and you're, you're a member of our community and you look back at our, our, you know, YouTube videos and you say, you know what, that, that style was awesome. Or, you know what, guys, I don't actually like, it's not that big of a deal for me if you change up the styles or if it's lighter touch. I just, I want to hear from you. I want to see you tell a story. Or I want to, you know, hear about your experiences. That's it's, often the response that we get, actually. Yeah. And we had a comment left the other day on our YouTube channel that was like, hey, I just subscribed and, uh, or no, I've been subscribed and I keep watching because I never know what's going to come. And that's what's interesting. Right. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I guess, the next step. And as you follow along on this podcast, as you follow along on the YouTube channel, you know, it's kind of our process of setting a new intention to say, hey, we want to tell stories. Um, we want to continue building this digital community. Um, and at the same time, we want to make sure that we're retaining our, our happiness with the process of creating and reducing our anxiety, focusing on this becoming a business uh, a healthy community and then a, a healthy creative outlet for us. I think my intention coming out of NBC was I need more people around me. Mm. And I think that's starting to materialize a little bit or like feeling like I'm in like a physical community. Um, but I also want to do it digitally. I think like all in all coming out of NBC, seeing how much I enjoyed working with everyone that we worked with, considering it was so difficult. I was like, all right, well, that's the key. We need to like continue to work with other people. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think building community is the is is actually I think Amar said this recently. Thomas and Matt asked him what what the the goal of life was, and he just said to create a community. And I thought that that was he said something to the tune of that, but I thought that was so powerful, and it's like so true. It's really just to build your tribe, right? Like and like have people around you that you enjoy. And I just want to spend my time with people that make me feel the most like myself, where I have to think as little as possible you know, from the connection of like my brain to my mouth and what comes out, like the people that I really enjoy hanging out with, I just don't even have to think about it. It just flows out of me. So I'm going to leave you with um, some tools and, and thoughts around building intentions and working on them every day. This is something that I talked to, to Colin about. I've talked to uh, my fiance, Katie, about my brother. I've just tried to to pull from everyone how they operate and and, and how you could do this. But you know, if you have a financial goal, for example, a, a, a good thing to do is to write it down every day. Uh, a good thing to do is to look at your bank account on a regular basis and see how close you are to hitting that goal. Set targets, set goals. If you have just more of a creative goal, uh, another thing, you know, again, write it down every morning or write it on a post-it note and put it on your bathroom mirror and just look at it every day. When it's in your mind, things start to all come into that context of how does this happen? So, like if your goal is to make a documentary every day, the conversations you have, if it's top of mind, might shift and shape towards that goal. If your goal is to make $10,000, if you write that down, that might shift and materialize how you spend your time during the day. And, and it, it's truly so powerful to write it down, to think it, and to try and live it every day. And then you'll be really surprised with how things start to materialize. And this is coming from our experience of getting to achieve some things that I thought were really lofty goals. I mean, when we first met, we I don't think we could have honestly, you know, imagined that we were going to make a full 30-minute doc for NBC, but it was kind of part of the intention when we first started working together was to make something exactly like this. And it happened seven years later when we were really focused on doing something like this. I'm really proud and thankful that it happened within lacrosse. 
Me too. Love it. Yeah. Um, another exciting thing just to leave you with, by the time you're listening to this, we will be in Denver, Colorado at the World Series of Youth Lacrosse. It's an event we go to every year. It's really fun. And this year, actually, on July 4th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN2, Samir and I will be on TV, but we'll actually be on TV this time. Not like, just not just a piece of work that we made. We're like TV guys now. I guess so. We're big stars. <laughs> Destined for stardom. No, but it'd be fun. If you yeah, are that's uh, true. free and interested and want to watch, uh, you can see us uh, throughout the broadcast. So we are back. That's all I'm going to say. We are back here on the podcast. You can leave us a voice message. You can tweet at us. We're looking to start to have more guests on. We have some people lined up that are so exciting. Um, we can't wait to be back. We also appreciate the love that we've gotten from Anchor and Spotify. Um, the people over there are awesome and have really been supporting our podcast and the return of this podcast. So we will be back here next Monday. Again, you can hit us on voice message on Twitter, on Instagram, DM, wherever you want to contact us. Let us know your thoughts on this conversation and what you want to hear us talk about next. See you next week. Man, it is so good to be back on the podcast. Thank you to everyone who sent us messages while we were on our break. And to everyone listening this week, we'd love to see where you're listening from. So send us a screenshot of you listening to our podcast and tag the location where you're listening from. Make sure to tag us in it at Colin and Samir. You can share that on Instagram or on Twitter. As we bring back the show, we're looking to bring on more guests. We have some amazing ones lined up, but we'd love to hear from you. Who do you want to hear us interview on the show? Are there any guests that we've already had on that you want to hear from again? Let us know. You can tweet that at us. You can email us, colinandsamir at gmail.com. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're going to have new episodes every Monday for the rest of the summer. Again, we're heading to Denver this week, and we'd love to hear some recommendations from you guys, whether it's coffee shops, restaurants, or even creatives that you think that we should collaborate with while we're there. Thanks again for listening and supporting us while we took our break. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.